Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, you are listening to Just Films and That. This is the podcast that celebrates films we think deserve a little bit more love. I'm your host for this week, Josh Hallam, and I'm joined, as ever, by my co-host, Alice Oliver. So, let's see what we're going to be talking about. Alice. Yes, Josh. The Blair Witch Project. The Blair Witch Project. From 1999. Mm-hmm. We were, all, we, we were there. Millennium Bug was we coming. We were there, Pierce yeah. Brosnan was James Bond. <laughs> the world was going to end. Planes were going to fall out the sky. Simpsons was good. Um, oh, so good. Loads of stuff it was, was so happening. Good. Uh, yes, so The Blair Witch Project is what we're going to be talking about this week. It's from 1999. Spoiler warnings if you haven't seen it. And I suppose it is a horror film that touches on some quite darkish stuff. So if that's an issue for spooky. you. Spooky. It's a yeah, spooky one. Yeah, it's a spooky then it's one. an issue for you. Don't listen to it. Not bothered. Not bothered. Don't listen to it then. It's fine. It's your choice. Literally your choice. Alice, you pick this one then. Now, I think there's a story with this one because you picked it this week and said, I can't believe I'm doing this to myself. So uh-huh. either you hate this film and you're making yourself go for it again, or it really, <laughs> really scared you. So tell the people at home, if, if for people who don't know what the Blair Witch Project's about, give them a little 10, 20 second about what it's about, and then tell us why on earth did you bloody pick it for this podcast? So the Blair Witch Project is a found footage film about three filmmakers who head into the woods in Maryland in the US to explore and uncover local myths and stories around the Blair Witch after some strange goings on in the area. And that's pretty much it in a nutshell. We're just watching that unfold, obviously, through the found footage. So why did I pick it? So I've only ever seen this film once. So I think I've said to you before, I don't watch a lot of horror or or scary films, mostly because I get scared really fucking easily. Like, I am a huge, enormous wimp. But I've seen this film once before, and it was during, I do believe it was when I was at college studying film, but I can't remember why we watched it, which is really frustrating. Like, I wish I I could remember the reason. Because I was studying film, but, like, what was the, (laughs) what was it? Like, what were we exploring? What were we diving into? And this was the example, you know, but I can't remember. But I just remember it freaking me the fuck out, right? And so we're talking in the middle of the day in a classroom full of other people and I'm sat there (laughs) shitting my pants, right? And when we finished watching it, everyone was like, that was a bit shit, wasn't it? It You watched the whole thing in class? Yeah, yeah, I watched the whole thing in class. Yeah, yeah. And everyone else was like... TV gets wheeled in, teacher, back in the classroom. Might have even been been a little projector, can't remember. But everyone was like... 
oh, yeah, that was a bit shit, wasn't it? That was boring and all this, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, were we watching the same fucking film? Boring. Are you messing? And then uh, it's weird because if you read around it, you've got a real, there's like a real division of people who think it's amazing. There is, yeah. And, you know, didn't launch the genre, but it's certainly what you think of when you think of this found footage Mm. genre. And then other people who just think it's really stupid, they don't really get it, they think it's silly and all this sort of thing. So I was like, you know what? Can I do it? Can I bring myself to To watch watch it again? again. Knowing that it is going to scare me and freak me out. So I said to Ollie, I was like, you've got to watch this with me because I am going to (laughs) struggle otherwise. And it was hard, you know? I was freaking out. So you you were genuinely still quite scared by it? Genuinely, and I'll, I'll I'll like I'll go into it a little bit more when when we get into the likes about it. But yeah, it really really got to me. So I, I sort of went into it thinking that I think it is a bit underrated, yeah. and I think it's really underrated with certain groups of people with for no good reason as well. Like I don't agree with the criticisms of it, and I certainly mm. don't agree that it's like a badly made film or that it's boring in any way. So I just ha- and I I was keen as well to go back, and I was like. I was like, you know, what am I going to make of this? You know, haven't seen it in years and years and years. What is the effect of this going to be on me? So I was just, I was really excited to watch it. Anyway, Josh, had you seen this before? No, I I hadn't. I hadn't. Well, I don't think I'd seen it before. Obviously, I knew about it. Yeah, Um, yeah. I'm not really, I don't think either of us are old enough to remember it coming out. I don't know about you, I don't remember it coming out. I don't know. I wouldn't remember it coming out. It would have only been, well, it would have been 10, but no, I wouldn't have been. So what, what? But what I do remember is after it came out, mm. all of the parodies. Yes. Because there were so many. I mean, obviously you got mm. Scary Movie, but there's all that. It sort of, it was one of those things, a little bit like The Sixth Sense that started showing up in like adverts mm-hmm. and telly and stuff like that, just constantly being parodied and make, made fun of and stuff. So it's quite interesting to watch this film whilst trying to ignore that baggage. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Whilst trying to ignore everything that that came after it, which I managed to do. But no, Mm -hmm. no, to answer your question, I I hadn't, I had not seen it before. I had not. Okay, wowza Rooney. So then, please tell me. (laughs) So what what did you think? Go on, just hit it. Just hit me with it. What What did I think think about it? What do you think? What's your general view? What do you you think I thought? Do you think I liked it or do you think I didn't like it? I think you could perhaps appreciate it as a piece of filmmaking and, and sort of some of the techniques that have gone into it. But I don't think... I don't think you were scared and I don't think you were probably that entertained either. (laughs) So you're not... You, you, you're close, but actually, mm-hmm. I liked this film much, much more than I thought I was going to. Oh, okay, that's good. That's I thought good I was going to be bored. I thought I was mm-hmm. going to be, you know, because it's a lot of the same thing. It is. And I knew it was going to be a lot of the same thing because that's sort of the nature of the beast in, in that sense. Hey, tell you what though, Josh, tell you what, only an hour and 20 minutes, eh? Only an hour, hey, only 80 an hour odd minutes. minutes. I'll take nice that. Nice I'll do it. I'll watch it twice. <laughs> um, yeah, I was appreciative of that. Yeah, so I, I, I liked a lot more than I thought I would. Was I scared? Not like shaking in my boots or anything, like struggling to mm-hmm. sleep. I think, to be honest, and this this comes up in my dislike, but I'll touch on it now. I think if I'd have seen this in the cinema, I would have been scared. Mm-hmm. But because mm-hmm. I watched it at home with a cup of tea, and my laptop taking notes. I wasn't yeah. that scared. There are things in this that are decidedly and evidently creepy. Yeah. And definitely towards the end, the last 15 minutes, I was a little bit like, ooh, it's some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. But no, I wasn't like, I wasn't dead scared. But then I don't get that scared 
in general by horror films. Okay. Um, is it I'm just hard, that you're just really not hard. into it because you're yeah, well hard, solid? No, I just I, I think there's just something in my head that's just going on with the film. I know, and I wish I—I yeah. I don't know why I don't so, have that. So, so, it's a film well, like, student example, and all that. When we did Science of the Lambs, even though that is a fictional story, I find that quite creepy. The, you know, the psychology mm-hmm. and what fa- what human beings are capable of doing, mm-hmm. I find quite creepy. And especially when you look into the story, into the background of Hannibal Lecter, who he's based on, the multiple people he's based on, and stuff like that, is quite horrendous. So I do find mm-hmm. that sort of stuff stuff quite creepy. But yeah, I think there's an element as well of of this sort of thing. Of I think because it's. You to to have it happen to you. What I would find scary is well, that could happen to me. And what, to, to to have it happen to me, I'd have to go into those woods, and I'm just won't go into those woods. So then, yeah. therefore, it won't happen <laughs> you, to me. You've got some control whereas, over that. Yeah. Right? Whereas something like funny games, mm-hmm. yeah, it's happening yeah, to you. Could yeah. could happen to any of us, really. So mm-hmm. I think the thing it's just different. It's different tastes, isn't it? Really, but it, I didn't find it not scary. It was definitely creepy, creepy places, and I was pretty entertained throughout. Um, much okay. more, yeah, much much more than I thought. That, I think the short runtime that does help. That that is definitely yeah. to the film's strength. I mean, I read when I was finishing my notes that this the original cut of this was like two and a half hours, and I was like, oh, oh no. fucking oh, hell! Like, imagine. You imagine that's it's a lot. You know, a little of this goes a long way, yes, and I think the length absolutely. the length that they pick is is perfect. Yeah, uh, so, and I think I reckon as well because the the heightened emotion and sort of. You, you get to a, a stage quite early on where the emotions are very, very heightened. Yes. And to sustain that for two and a half hours would just be, it would be impossible, yeah, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah. So, yeah, definitely, definitely so, yeah, right um, that it's a short length. Overall, yeah, I liked it a lot more than I thought. Not that I went in snob, like, thinking I was looking down on it or anything like that. I just remember going in thinking this is going to be a lot of the same thing and it's going to wear thin after a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to do. Thought it was great. Anyway, it, well, I thought it was good. Um, so anyway, let's get into the like section then. So you pick this then. So let's hear it. What do you What do you like about this film? And how did you find it? How did you find it watching it a second time as sort of a little bit old, older with your husband <laughs> in your house <laughs> rather yeah, than in a classroom? And, and with the critical eyes as well. But on, honestly, eyes. I thought it was excellent. I think the performances, the script, the story development, the mise-en-scene and the tension building, I just feel like it's all done mm. to such terrific effect. So for me personally, I think this film absolutely masters the techniques of tension building, of suspense and of creating absolute terror by not showing you very much at all and just using like the reactions of the characters to create feeling. And before I went into this, I was prepared. before. So when I knew that I was going to pick it, like I said, like, oh, I was dreading this sort of thing. I was definitely prepared to be terrified again, right? But as we're going through the film, if we get about halfway through or so, I started getting a bit cocky and I was like, oh, <laughs> actually, I know where this is going. I know you don't actually see anything scary. I'll take you on, the- I'll take you on Blair Witch yeah, Project. exactly. I was got? like, oh, the jump scares are all, the, the, you know, they're all just fake. Nothing actually really you may happens. Go, and it's not. <laughs> Yeah, and, it, and it's and it's not that bad at all. And then literally about five minutes after I had that thought, I was like, oh no, I'm fucking shit myself now. Like it did not last. It did not last. But by the end of this, I was terrified. And I had a nightmare the night after I watched it. I woke, I went to bed nice and early, you know, 10, 10 p.m. or whatever. And then I woke up at 1 a.m. having this nightmare and my heart was racing and my sort of fight or flight senses were going and I didn't get back to sleep. I just lay there thinking about the Blair Witch and thinking about so the dream that I just had. So you got out the tent had. in the woods. You went for a walk. Went for a walk to clear my head. Stretched your, <laughs> stretched your legs, cleared your head. <laughs> yeah. So it still had 
that effect yeah. on me. So I think I think the way that our three main characters interact with each other, right? So they stop trusting each other so early on and the tension between them is so high and that really feeds through the screen, I thought, and I think you really feel their despair and their terror. And this is created using multiple things. It's through the performances, the script, the sound, and of course the found footage way that it, the whole thing has been shot, right? And the beauty of the found footage style, I think, is when it comes to horror, is that you as the viewer are so restricted in what you can see. And that is really scary. And it also feels really personal. Like if this was all filmed in a way where we're watching what the three characters are doing on like really high quality cameras and everything's nice and shiny and all professional, it's not going to have the same effect. When you're watching films that have been made, you know, in the traditional sense, you as the viewer, you usually come to know things before the characters or, you know, you're aware of things that the characters aren't and it gives you like a bit of sort of superiority and uh, there's an element of predictability to it. But when you do it this way, you are as oblivious to everything as the characters are. Like you're in it with them. And that is partly where the horror comes from, I think, is you don't have this bigger picture view mm, yeah. of what is going on. Do you know what I mean by yeah, that? Yeah, it's like almost like um, sort of like it's playing with your senses a little bit, isn't it? It's, it's it's taking away what would help you not be scared. So, so mm. you're experiencing with the characters, but also... It plays with darkness, so you can't see. I think it does really good stuff with sound. There's a lot of, there are mm. bits where the characters heard things in this film that I didn't hear. So you hear yeah. a lot of like, you might hear like a really quiet, like, what was that? Do you know what I mean? It's that sort yeah. of thing. Whereas what scares you is them going, what was that? Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. So it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of playing with what you don't know, playing with what you can't see or hear and stuff like that. So I think you're absolutely right. That I mean, the foul footage thing, it's not, apart from, there must be ones that exist out there. But apart from Chronicle, which is a superhero found footage film, I can't think of another found footage film that isn't horror or sci-fi. So you got this, obviously you've got other ones like Cloverfield and yeah. things like that. But they're all use that found footage to take away what you can see. So you've got, you know, it's funny, isn't it? It's a bit of an oxymoron. You go into the cinema where you're watching a film to watch mm-hmm. people or watch things where you actually can't see anything. So it's mm-hmm. much more of a sensory experience than watching, you know, The Shining or another, The Exorcist, like you say, where you can see everything and you can see what the characters' motivations, intentions and stuff like that are. At the end of the day, the, the, the Blair Witch, who is the antagonist of this film, or you're led to believe is the antagonist of this film, you never see her mm-hmm. or, or him, um, them. You never see the Blair Witch, right? So, 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 whereas, you know, you know where Freddy Krueger is, you know where Jason is, you know where... Jack Torrance's, you know, all that sort of stuff. So there are elements of surprise and jump scares, but but it's much more to do with where we're going to take away any tools you've got at your disposal so that you are absolutely so vulnerable like those characters mm-hmm. are, I think. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Taking away the tools that you would usually have when you're watching a film to make you as the audience feel as vulnerable as the characters do. Yeah, that was really, really eloquently put, Josh. Yeah, <laughs> thank, like thank you very much. Thank you. You just you sometimes you're able to articulate the things that I'm feeling much better than I can. <laughs> um, 
So I think I think the performances across the board are really strong. So you've yeah. got our three main characters who absolutely nail it. And the whole plot point around like the loss of the map, I think, is brilliant. And this moment is so well scripted and so well acted. But then away from those three, you've got all these extras at the beginning who are sharing like their accounts or their stories that they know about relating to the Blair Witch. And they're all so believable. Like they are just the most normal people going. It doesn't feel forced or scripted or or anything which I think really enhances the documentarily documentarily the documentary like quality yes. of the film, which again adds to the terror, just how real it well, feels. Yeah, I mean, so from my understanding as well is that not all of the people in the film are actors. Mm. So apparently, at one point, now what I think what we should touch on now is a really difficult thing to sort of touch on, not because it's a challenge or anything like that, but the big thing about this film was at the time that it was real mm -hmm. that was the thing they released it as if it was real they kept the actors out of the spotlight they actually put on mm -hmm. their imdp page that they were missing presumed dead oh and all this stuff Gosh. so if you read through things like trivia which i know can be played within anyone could upload it so it's a bit like getting it from from wikipedia but if you read around this film there's a lot of stuff where it's like well i don't know if that's true or part of the wider mm. narrative that this was real right but there is mm. definitely something about the people they're talking to are some of them are real and they're being asked to talk about because obviously Blair, it's not a real place, is it? They they renamed a normal another place that or whatever. So that's the big thing. I think what you've got to bear in mind if you're listening to this home, if you didn't know, is that the big success of it, you know, this film was made for, I think they shot it for 60 grand, mm -hmm. something like that. And I think it it, it post-production, which is um which is after they filmed it, the budget, it's something, it was less than a million. So it's something like 700 grand. And it mm -hmm. made nearly think 300 million quid worldwide. So this is actually, it was it, for a while, this was in the Guinness Book of Records as the most successful film per pound or dollar or whatever spent on it. So yeah, it was something like, was so yeah, low, it was something yeah. like 10 grand made for every dollar spent, mm. something mad like that. So, and a lot of that was down to, they essentially presented it to the public as this is real, this is real found footage, this is real stuff. And then, mm -hmm. and, the, and, and that is, when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We don't often talk about the marketing of the film in a positive way. We often talk about how the marketing of a film may have let it down as we have done with other things. But this is the opposite of that. You know, the marketing Mm -hmm. made this film. Mm-hmm. It, it really really did and that and that's why it's so successful but that's why it's hard to know if those people they're talking to are real actors there's definitely a mixture of both but that's not to say they haven't got real people and gone we just say this because there's something online about how one of the women that they talk to they couldn't that she just made some up on the spot and then they couldn't find her again to get a release form from her so they just put her in the film but then on the other side well how would they put it in the film then because surely without a release form you can't put it in the film but i don't know i'm not a I'm not a, yeah, I'm, you're opening yourself up I'm to expert, a lawsuit, possibly. If you then, interview yeah. someone without a release form, which if you don't know is like what you have to do to put someone on on telly outside of certain circumstances, um, then then you'd be absolutely you'd be knackered. <laughs> but then equally, it's in America, so I don't know. It's, it might be, it might be different. So oh, that's true. Yeah. So so, so yeah, um, yeah. So so it is a real triumph of marketing, but all that just enforces all of the techniques to use in in, in this film. But anyway, what else? What else about it? Well, I think just finally, so there's actually some low-key humour in here as yeah, well, which I do think helps make it feel a bit more authentic. So I'll be interested to know which bits you found funny. So for me, it's when Heather, when she's doing her like pieces to camera and sort of, you know, going into like the background of why they're doing what they're doing and she goes into like presenter mode. And I really enjoy these moments because it makes her feel more authentic in the other parts of the film because like when she's on camera doing this you know, we are exploring the Blair Witch or whatever it is she's talking about. And she goes, she she like puts on a different hat sort of thing. She changes her voice and she changes her accent when she does it. And for me, as somebody who works in television, Josh, I don't oh, know if I told oh, you, oh, oh. but this is really relatable because the way I speak, obviously, in real life is not the way I speak when I'm on the telly. So you yeah, do yeah. put your is presenter... You should, <laughs> can you imagine? So you do put your presenter face on and your presenter hat on. So I found it, it was just like a, quite a, a witty little thing that I thought yeah. kept happening when she did this. And I found it quite amusing. And then a little bit later on, when they're in the woods, she spots a dead mouse and she says, what killed this dead mouse? Witchcraft. And it was just like this little thing, this little throwaway comment that I found funny and just sort of, it shows that they're going into this as well. I think they don't really believe they just want to see what's going on sort of thing. Yeah, and or, or, you know, she likes hiking, so maybe she just wants a weekend yeah. in the woods sort of thing. You know, I, I did find that. I did find that. The, the sort of first 10, 15 minutes are where they're sort of messing around, getting set mm-hmm. up, going to, going to the town and then hiking to where they're going to go and, and then talk to some of the locals. And I think there's an element of it of, of, of you're not sure if they're taking the piss out of the myth mm-hmm. or if she genuinely wants to get to the bottom of it. So there's that element of hubris of, you know, trying to bring them down a peg by what happens to them later in the film. And again, mm-hmm. it's all built up by the fact that it's a found footage film because 
it seems authentic. Like if obviously if it was real, it's like, well, they're just messing about. They're just kids messing about before they go and do this thing, which obviously ultimately ends in as it ends. So yeah, no, I did. I, 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 it's in my notes as well. I did thought there was some good comedy and tone setting at the beginning, which then builds them up to knock them down sort of thing. So those were the main things from me, yeah. really. What about you? Is there anything else you liked? We, we've touched on it mostly as well. It's a real, it's a real um, triumph of marketing and stuff like that. So I think you, you do have to go into this. That's the important thing is to go into this remembering that the whole thing, not only was the film is pretending it's real, but so was the marketing. It wasn't pretending that it was a film pretending to be real. It was this is real stuff. And I think you have to admire the effort and stuff that's gone into that for the for the for the actors, for the production. I mean, it, well, obviously no one in it's famous, so it's not like they've cast, you know, I don't know, a massive name, like Ryan Gosling or someone that, and then pretended he's died and or anything mm. like that. So, But it's still an effort to go to. It's a real commitment to, to, to get that idea across and sort of keep up that lie and stuff like that. Um, you know, we touched on this before. There's a lot of um, the acting in this by the people who definitely are actors is almost hyper-real. Mm-hmm. And that is not easy to do. Again, I read a lot about the sort of things the directors did to get realistic performances and, and, and reactions out of them. Some of it good, some of it a little bit like, well, we'll just act then. But anyway, whatever. Mm-hmm. The, po- the point is, is they certainly created an ambience around the three of them and did a lot of stuff around building them up, building their characters. There's elements of apparently staying in character or coming out of character and having an agreement that they would stay in character at the same time. If one of them needed, they'd sort of use like a safe word and all come out and stuff like that. So I thought some of that was quite interesting. But the point I'm making is, is it is really hard to play something as real as they play it, particularly the bits where they're not being big. So the bits where they're scared, there's probably an element of that being very, very exhausting and energy sapping, but easier than pretending to be three friends messing around in such mm-hmm. a realistic way that you would believe that they were friends in, in places as yeah. well. So I thought they did really cap- capture that sort of terror and desperation and build up and tension and all that sort of stuff. Like you say, from whether it's them messing around at the beginning, the bits where they're essentially bickering and stuff like that, that felt real right through to the end. I mean, overall, just, you know, just to finish, I was, I was entertained throughout as, you know, I, I, I did, I did really enjoy it. Enjoy, like you say, the tension building and the minimal, minimalism of it. You know, there, there is, there is not much music in this or I couldn't hear much music anyway, um, because it's all meant to be real. So yeah, overall, I thought it was much, much better than I, than I thought it was going to be. Nice. Okay, so we'll move on then to talking about things that we perhaps didn't like about this film or that we might change about the Blair Witch Project. Um, Alice, I'll come to you first. Um, is it that it's too scary? It's too a little effective? bit too scary for me. <laughs> I don't know if I could watch it again for a third time. Um, yeah, anything for you, anything, anything at all. So there's, they're really, really small things, to be honest. The only things I can mention in this section really are just the odd thing that made me feel a bit uncomfortable, right? So obviously the shaky cam is relentless and at times it is a bit difficult to watch. And this, of course, is the whole point of the film. So I absolutely wouldn't change it about the film, but it did just make me want to turn away every now and then just to sort of steady myself and feel a little bit less seasick. <laughs> so that was a shame. Uh, the other thing is obviously the the very famous and parodied scene where she's sort of crying and snotting. Heather now is sort of crying and snotting right into the camera. You know, there's this 
there's this extreme close-up of the side of her face. And again, it is just a little bit difficult to watch and makes you feel uncomfortable in a different way to how the rest of the film does. But for me personally, I don't think it really adds anything. Like I think the film would still be as effective and I would still feel as terrified if that shot wasn't done like that. Because mm. I'm not saying remove the scene altogether, just maybe a bit less gross no stuff going on. Because I don't really like <laughs> gross stuff anyway, right? It makes you feel a bit sick. So I was just a bit like, less phlegm. I could do with that. Less phlegm, please. So I could have done without that. And then just beyond that, and this isn't what I would class as a like or a dislike, but just certainly I wanted to raise with you and see what you thought. But I did think as I was watching it, would this work either with modern audiences or in a modern setting? Now that everybody has an iPhone or, you know, a smartphone yeah, that can yeah. film and is live streaming everything anyway. Like, is the impact lost with time? And do you think that a 16-year-old or an 18-year-old watching this now for the first time would get spooked? It's hard to say. I mean, everyone's different. I think for me, I think there are, there are elements, you know, because I was watching it for the first time as someone with a smartphone in my hand and all that sort of yeah, stuff. So I, there was elements of finding it scary because, they get, I think they get across well enough that they are lost, isolated and alone and all that sort of stuff. Obviously, if you made it now, well, they just phone they just phone Mountain Rescue or whatever, wouldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> so they'd have their phones on them. So no, it maybe it wouldn't work if you set it now. Would people watching it now find it effective? I th I think so, maybe mm -hmm. to a to a degree. But then everyone's different. This this might roll off some people's backs as I'm just not asked about it. And other people, it might really it might really absolutely play with their heads. So it, it, mm -hmm. it's hard to say. That does come back into a little bit about what you know something I didn't like about it, which I'll, which I'll come on to. But is is there anything else for you? Uh, there isn't actually oh, that's right, it okay. that's it so you go ahead tell me what your so tell me what your point so is i've only got really one main thing there's mm -hmm. there's 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 one other thing but i'll i'll, I'll touch on it. it's not really anything but the, the main thing is, is i think that there's a couple of issues with this film which are all encapsulated by the phrase you had to be there okay yeah do you know what i mean so i i wonder i would have this film would have been far more effective for me if i'd have watched it in the cinema mm-hmm it, add to that, I would have been even more scared had I gone in. No, I don't know if I'd have been in the appropriate age in 1999 had I gone to see it. I don't know if I'd have bought into the fact it was real. But something about that would definitely have enhanced the feeling, I think, mm -hmm. because it's a sort of symbiotic feeling of watching a horror film in the cinema with other people. So so I think, yeah, there's an element that had to be there in that watching it in the cinema would have been more effective. Um, mm -hmm. I think that, you know, there's something probably lost a little bit in, in terms of time and knowing that the marketing um, ended up being a facade. So I think that definitely enriched the experience and was probably a little bit lost watching it on a streaming service in your own house. Mm -hmm. um, that's not to say it wasn't good. I'm just, I'm just wondering if, like you say, the impact of this film has been lost a little bit, you know, over time to, to, to mm -hmm. some degree. Other than that, um, I mean, I do have to say, I think you'd probably stop filming at some point in this, like during, <laughs> like during all the dickering. I think you probably would so, go, let's leave it. I know she's like, it shows her to be obsessive, but yeah. I, I think if you're going to kick a map into a river out of frustration, you'd smash a camera. <laughs> so I saw, I did see that that was, um, 
that that was like a key criticism that some people had. It was just like, oh, but you you would just stop filming. And obviously, you know, the practical part of my brain is like, right, but then there's no film. So that doesn't make any sense. But then also it is that, you know, like you say, they do try to um, sort of develop her character a bit as being a sort of a bit obsessive. Like it's the only thing she's clinging on to, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And it's almost like a... It, it makes her feel, I guess, a little bit more in control and a little bit more safe. And it's like, well, and especially because she thinks, oh, we're out here, we're not going to find anything. It's like, well, if we're not going to find anything, I have to have something. Like, I have to have recorded something mm-hmm. and maybe this will lead to something or, or whatever it might be. So for me personally, that wasn't an issue yeah. at all. But I did see that some people did take issue with that. <laughs> it wasn't really an issue for me. I just thought, well, you'd just stop filming at some point, wouldn't you? <laughs> um, and then the only thing is, it was... Even though a little went a long way, I was marginally bored maybe towards the second third of the film um, before Josh goes missing. Uh Sort of that that point, maybe like an hour in where it's just sort of a lot of sitting and breaking down because they're lost and and that sort of thing. But not massively so, just just a little bit. But again, I think that would have been solved if I watched it in the cinema. And the other thing Mm -hmm. as well is it's really annoying to hear your own name shouted so much. I was thinking that as I was watching. Uh, uh, it's I annoying. Didn't think that. I don't know and if there's any film where Alice well, shouted so they shout it so many times in the last yeah. ten minutes, yeah, and I was yeah. a bit like, "This is irritating." But that's yeah. not really criticism. I can levy at the film because that is just the character's name. But other than that, no, not loads for me. I think it's just a case of it being a, almost a victim of its own success over time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we'll move on to talking about the critical reception then. Now, I, I haven't seen the critical reception. We're not saying it's underseen. That's boxed off. <laughs> we don't need to even touch on that. But ratings-wise, you've said this is really, really polarising. So I'm wondering if it's sort of got a lot of love and a lot of hate at the same time. So I wonder if it, if you sort of, if you're saying this, this you know, you've got people in there giving it eights and nines and you've got people in there giving it threes and fours and stuff like that. So... I'm wondering if it balances out like a six. Okay. So that's what I'm going to say. I'd give this a solid seven. Thought it was solid, mm-hmm. solid film. Very, you know, high, well, not high concept, very solid concept backed up by sort of successful marketing, which I think, yes, I appreciate this sort of the, the fact that that's faded and or more or less gone now. But I do think you've got to take that into account. Mm-hmm. I think you, I think you do. Um, so yeah, I'm, I would give it a solid sort of seven. I think it probably did less than that. Maybe we're calling it a six. Lay it on me. How did it do? Okay, so on IMDb at the time of recording, it gets six point five, and then over on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics give it eighty six percent. Wow! And then the audience give it fifty seven percent. Wow! So that's not quite. So, um different right yeah so not as low as you were saying sort of no. threes and fours and stuff but for me that audience score is a fucking joke to be the, the audience score on rotten tomatoes what was it again 57 57 percent. yeah that's i mean that's so that if you work out the average that's just it's actually just under seven out of ten mm-hmm. but if you take the critics out of that clearly the critics were drawn in buy it and i don't mean that in a bad way i mean they, they clearly saw what it was going for and got mm-hmm. it in the, in the most part i mean 89 i'd say that is overrated but on 86 the, uh, 86, sorry, 86 i mean 86 <laughs> i'd say that's probably a little you know it is overrated but that mm-hmm. equally that that audience score is that is low for, for, for what yeah. it is so so i'm i'd be i'd be willing to say based on that sort of audience reaction probably yeah probably is a little bit probably is a, a little bit underrated not if you work out the average but if you take into account that that audience score what would you say 
So I'm sitting right there with the critics, to be honest. 86? Yeah, like I think if I've got to think about what this film made me feel, how it made me feel. And I just think, I just think it's excellent in, as a piece of cinema, as a piece of art that uses so little to achieve so much i just think it's excellent and mm. i think i can i can absolutely see why my film teacher wanted us to watch it <laughs> wish i could remember why martin if you're listening please tell me why we watched the blair witch project was it a college. monday I can't or a friday because either way it's like you know is he is he at the back of the classroom with, with you know stick stick the blair witch on yeah, off you go, Baraka, just um so yeah i i genuinely think it is that good in and okay. but i know i know obviously i am easily scared and maybe I, maybe i would always rate horror films higher because, because of the, of the emotional, success of that yeah and yeah, because of the emotional impact that it can have on me sort of thing but yeah for me it's definitely underrated okay well there you go on blair Witch, the blair witch project from 1999 is underrated and i'd be interested to know if anyone out there hasn't seen it and you do watch it get in touch because i'd love to know how do you feel watching it now Well, there we are then. The Blair Witch Project, underrated and very, very scary. So I'm glad you didn't hate it, Josh. I really am because <laughs> no, I was genuinely thought, worried. Yeah. I'm so pleased. That's great to hear. So next week, listeners, I can't believe I'm saying this, but next week is the 200th episode of Just Films and That. Yeah. Gosh, can you believe it? And to celebrate, we are going to go... We are going to go off format a little bit, just as Josh gave me a little treat when he let me do Terminator 2, one of my, if not my most favourite film of all time. So to celebrate our 200th episode, Josh, I think you should pick your favouritest. It doesn't have to be underrated. It doesn't have to be underseen. Okay. Just pick your most favourite or one of your most favourite films or just something you're absolutely desperate to talk about. Oh, okay, okay. Um, we'll have to edit out the massive pause now while I think about <laughs> what I'm going to talk about. Um, okay. Do you know what? Right. I I, I love Batman, right? We've done you Batman do. Returns when Rosie came on because it's a Christmas film. So I'm going to take this opportunity then to talk about a Batman film that I really love. Like you say, it's off format. I just want to talk about it. Let's talk about Batman Begins. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Batman Begins for episode 200. Indeed. I like the sound of that. Indeed. I am very excited about that. Oh, good choice. Good choice. Indeed. Anyway, I'll say no more. I'll say no um, more. Okay, join us next week then for episode 200 where we're going to be talking about Batman Begins just because we want to. In the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, it's filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. We're on all the social medias. If you just search for Just Films and that on Facebook, X, formerly known as Twitter, of course, Instagram, uh, YouTube. Um, we are on there. We're always putting content out there that's related to the episodes, but also a little bit of film content as well where we can. We're on Patreon as well. So if you want a little bit of extra content from us, add free extended episodes a day early, then go Go to the episode description notes and there is a link in there. All tiers start at £1 a month and include ad-free extended episodes, which we'll get in a day early. We're also on the television, aren't we, Alice? It'll never last. are indeed. (laughs) Every Friday from 6pm, you can find us on the local TV network. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool or the northeast of England, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. And I'm also uploading all the videos to Daily Motion. So if you scoot on over there and type in just films and that, you'll be able to see exactly what it is we're up to. 
Uh, yes, lots of ways to see us, hear us, and we'll see you next week for episode 200. Wow. Cheerio. <laughs> see you next week. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.